Hello, Digital Cathedral family. Brace yourselves for an awe-inspiring journey on Don Keithley's podcast. Take a seat, find your comfort, and let's plunge into the heart of the divine. Here's the powerful new March 3rd message titled, Becoming Unconsciously Competent. Good morning, Digital Cathedral family. Glad you're with me. Just had to turn my timer on so I know how long I'm running so I don't get too long-winded. I was just sitting here thinking before I started uh, the teaching this morning, I just was thinking, man, this is the day that the Lord has made and that we should just come together like this and rejoice and be glad in it. We have so much to be thankful for. God has shown us so much. The life that we're living is exceedingly, at least for me, and I'm sure many of you, it's exceedingly abundantly above anything I ever envisioned, anything I ever asked for. He has done far more, and it's, uh, it's just a good life, and I think we should rejoice and be thankful today. I want to start over in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 this morning, if you want to turn over there in your Bible. You know, the only difference between people today, especially if we're looking at uh, Christians, let's just take it out of the realm of Christianity. The only difference in people today, there's really two groups of people. One group is consciously living in union and oneness with the Father. They've come to a place where they understand uh, what the Father has provided for us through the Son in the Spirit. And yet there's a group that has not become consciously aware of that. So I want to delve a little bit into that this morning, and I want to start over in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 22 and 23. Familiar verse in 22, and I want to pull something out of verse 23 for us to consider this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 22 says this, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Now, we could, we could spend all morning on that verse, but what I want you to see simply is that that verse is not an invitation. It's a, it's a declaration. For Let me read it again, and I want you to see it as Paul declaring something. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. Now, an evangelical picks up on it and says, yeah, but it says in Christ. Well, it says in Adam. So if you're going to say more died in Adam than come alive in Christ, and what you're saying is that Adam had much more effect on our, our civilization, on mankind, than what Jesus did. And I'm not going to run down that rabbit hole this morning. I've done some teaching on that before. I just want you to see that this is not a promise. It's a statement of fact. It's a statement of fact. He's not giving you uh, a maybe someday it could happen. He's telling you this, this is the way it's coming down. This is the way it shakes out. Now, verse 23 is what I, wanna, I really want to look at this morning because he tells us how this will happen. And then we're going to take off on that this morning. Verse, verse 23 says, let me read 22, 23 together. Verse 22, for as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive, but each one in his own order. Christ the first fruits, afterward, those who are Christ's at his coming. That coming is not talking about a second coming. It's the word parousia, which means the coming of his presence. Let me suggest to you that what he's talking about is a revelation each in his own order as they receive revelation. 
So let's talk about that this morning. Let's get into that just a little bit. The teaching today is really about discovering that place of union, discovering that place of, of oneness that denies any separation, that denies any division between God and creation, or let's make it personal, between you and, you and the Father this morning. There is no separation, absolutely no separation, never has been. So I want to I look at that this morning in light of 1 Corinthians 15, 23 that says, each in his own order. Now keep that in mind. Let me read one more verse to just put a little foundation down. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 19. <clears throat> Galatians 4, 19 says, My little children, for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. Now we read in, in 1 Corinthians 15, 23, each in his own order. Christ, uh, Paul puts it a little bit different here in Galatians 4, 19. He says, until Christ is formed in you. Now here's what I want you to catch. That word formed is the word morpho, morpho. It means to fashion, to shape, or to bring to full realization. It's like the caterpillar in a cocoon. It goes through a progression of changes in that cocoon where you can't see it until one day that butterfly, that monarch, beautiful butterf monarch butterfly breaks out of that cocoon <laughs> that a worm had formed. But there was a process. And so he's saying, I'm, there is a process that I'm, I'm really travailing until you reach this place of morphu, or until you reach the end, end of the process. Now, some would say, well, that, some would call that, that's learning to live the Christocentric life, Christ-centered life. I, I don't have a problem with that. I, it's very true. I have come to look at it as living the Christ as us life. Me living the Christ as me. Christ living as Don, Don Keithley. So this morning, what I want to do is I want to, I'm going to bring you up 10,000 feet, maybe 15,000 feet. I want you to get a bird's eye view of what, the Christocentric, and I'm, whenever I say living the Christ is us life, you know what I'm talking about. And there's a definite reason I like the Christ is us life, because in my life I see a progression. There was a day that I lived for Jesus. My evangelical days, I lived for Jesus. Then in my charismatic days, it was more of Jesus living through us. But now we've come to a point to where we understand that he's living as us. So I like to call it living the Christ is us life. So I want to look at the process, the awakening, the awareness that takes place, um, the consciousness as you begin to understand what is going on. So this morning, what I want you to see is the big picture. Because in dealing with people, you're going to be dealing with lots and lots of people. And maybe you can see your own life in this this morning. So that's really twofold. I want you, which I, I like to do at the Digital Cathedral, I like to help you to recognize people so that you can minister to them, but also to recognize where you're at in your life. So I want you to pinpoint this morning where you're at and to see the target that the Spirit is leading us to. There's an absolute target we're going for this morning. So I want to walk you through a process and we're going to hit the target. So let's talk about the pathway. Let's talk about this journey of living the Christ is us life. The living the Christ is us life is the Father living through you um, in a way that he had in mind since before creation. 
Before you ever set feet on planet Earth, the Father had a plan and a design for you to live in. We call that union. We call that living with the Father through the Son in the Spirit, living the life that he has chosen for us. Can I just nail that down in your understanding? It's, it's, it's the life, maybe I can say it this way, it's the life the Father has wired you for. Predestined is just another word for wired, and we read in Romans 8 that every person that he foreknew, he predestined, or he wired, he wired in a certain way that you would come to a full consciousness of what the Christ as us life is all about. Paul said it like this in Colossians 3.3. This is the union. Paul said in Colossians 3.3 that you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. You died. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. That's no separation. That's union. Uh, it's oneness. It's realization of what uh, Jesus said in John 14, 20, that in that day you'd know that I'm in the Father and that you're in me and I'm in you. The three of us are walking this out as one. So what we're talking about this morning is discovering a life that you absolutely were meant to live. So what I want to do this morning, here's how I want to do it. I want to look at four circles. We're going to start at the furthest circle out, which will be the fourth circle, come to circle three, circle two, circle one, and then we're going to look at the target. So wherever you're at this morning, or the people that you're working with, I want you to look at the four circles, starting at the farthest point out, and kind of get a pinpoint maybe where you're, where you're at in the journey. And if you're new to the digital cathedral, you might be a little further out in one of the circles than those of you that have been with me for the six years or so that I've been doing the Digital Cathedral. So we're going to look at the pathway to living the Christ as us life. And it's very simplistic. This is not rocket science. It's basically awakening to what you have always been, what you've always possessed, but you're absolutely blind to it. It's gaining a spiritual competence. It's, it, it's, it's a life that comes by the Spirit to do something, to live your life successfully, to live it effortlessly, to live it effectively, all right? And that's when you're living life that way, as revealed by the Spirit of God to you, that's the Christ is us life. That's the Christocentric life. And I, I, as I go through this, let's keep in mind this morning, this is, this is what the Spirit gives to us. The Spirit gives us the skill, the insight, the revelation. He gives us the capacity to make us competent to live this Christ is us life. This is a total work of the Spirit. Remember in 1 Corinthians 15, 23, each in his own order. The Spirit has a way of working that order out to fulfill the Father's plan on the planet. Um, one of the verses that really set me free really took a huge burden off of me, it was Philippians 2.13, and it expresses well what we're talking about this morning. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God that works in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So it's, it's the Spirit that equips us. It's the, it's, it's the Father that works in us, both to will. His will is working in you. It's working internally within you. And not only His will, but the ability to do that will. And that's so important. That was, that was so freeing to me to know that I wasn't trying to work it out myself. I wasn't trying to discipline or disciple myself or pray and fast my way into it. 
I had to relax, I had to rest, and I begin to see these, these concentric circles, and I begin to look at my life and I could see how they were working in, and I began to see actually what the target of the Father was. So the competence, let me say it again, the competence is not acquired by human might or power, by religious works. It is imparted and it's imputed to us. It's direct deposited into us as the Spirit wills. Are you ready? All right, I've laid a little foundation. Let's start with this, this farthest circle out, this fourth circle, and let's look at it as the beginning of living the Christ is us life. Now I'm gonna use some terms this morning that you might not be familiar with, and I wanna do it because I want you to think. I've, I've never used these terms at the Digital Cathedral before, so I, I'm, I'm gonna kind of splash you with some cold water in the face because I want you to think. This further circle out is what I would call, in learning to live the Christ is us life as the Spirit reveals, I would call it when we are unconsciously incompetent. Unconsciously incompetent. That means we have no perception, no awareness. We have absolutely no clue what it means to live a Christocentric or a crisis us life. We have no awareness, no perception. We haven't awakened to it in any way, shape, or form. We have no idea what it's about. Uh, we're just blind to it, all right? We're, we've, we've probably never heard of living in, in union with the Father. You, you just don't know. When you're unconsciously incompetent, uh, there's, there's no consciousness. There's no, no perception. You're just ignorant of it. See, you, you don't know what you don't know. I lived for a lot of years being unconsciously incompetent. The things that I'm teaching at the Digital Cathedral today, uh, I, I, I lived 35 years, 40 years as a Christian, a Christ follower, you know, living for Jesus. I had no idea of the things I'm teaching today. I was un unconsciously incompetent. It's like, it's like a person that never heard of a car, has no idea. They've never seen a car. There are people on the planet that have never ridden in a car. They know nothing about a car. You have no idea how to drive a car, how to operate a car. If you said, go check the oil, they would not have the foggiest idea. You said, hey, you need, it, the tire pressure looks a little, could you put your, put a, get a pressure gauge and put it on the, and check the tire? They wouldn't know the first thing about operating a car. And I'll tell you for sure, there are people living all over the planet today, some right around you, that have never heard of the Jesus that Paul revealed. They've never heard a message of no separation. The vast majority of Christians never heard anything about what it means to be in union with the Father. What they've heard is a message that is geared entirely to, to land them safely in heaven. My good friend Malcolm Smith called me the other morning. He said, I've been watching Christian television. He said, and Malcolm doesn't watch television. He said, I've been watching Christian television. I think it's because he has a program on the Grace Awakening Network. He kind of wanted to see what's going on in the television world. He said, you know what? Everything they're talking about is futuristic when we get to heaven. The whole message is about avoiding hell and getting to heaven. He says nothing about kingdom, nothing about incarnation, nothing about uh, uh, parousia, nothing about the Christocentric life. He said it's all about destination. 
And that's what most Christians said under every Sunday. It's a message that is geared to find faults in them, to create separation and anxiety, but have an end target of trying to get them to heaven, right? Trying by good works, by hoop jumping. I, I call it hoop jumping to make sure that you land where you need to land. Paul said it like this. This is good. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Haven't read much scripture this morning. I probably need to get into some of this. Don't want you to think I'm just wandering off on my own this morning. This is, this is what your book says. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. He said, if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Doesn't mean they're going to hell. It means they are disconnected from the source of life. Whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, that's the gospel, the glory of Christ, Christ in you, who is the image of God, should shine on them. So he said, There's people today that are absolutely blinded. And he's writing to the church. He's writing to the church at Corinth. So that I know there are people today that are absolutely blind. So this, out, this outer circle, this fourth circle, is when we're unconscious. We're not aware. We're unconscious of our incompetence, right? And you can't be faulted for this. And, and we need to be patient with people that are there. They're blinded. Sometimes I think we get so far down the road, we forget what it was like when we came out of that mess. So we just need to be patient. But this is, the point is this. This is where the Holy Spirit starts. This is when your order uh, is, is still dim. This is when your number hasn't come up yet, if I can say it like that. You're just unconsciously incompetent. Now, the third circle in, first thing that the Spirit does is he, he begins to make you, listen, consciously incompetent. You were unconsciously incompetent, had no idea. Now, you're becoming consciously competent. In other words, you're starting to become aware that something's going on. This is, this is where we don't know but we begin to realize we don't know. We know there are cars, but we have no idea what they're like. We have no idea how to drive a car, we, but we know they exist. This is, this is, this, in my life, this was where I began to look and say, I know that I don't know. I begin to see these mysteries, but I didn't know how to solve the mysteries spiritually speaking. But there, there was a, when, when you become consciously incompetent, this is where there is a stirring inside of us. This is where there's a restlessness. This is where that same old, same old just doesn't cut it anymore. It doesn't ring the bell. It, it's frustrating. It's irritating. And this is where people begin to search to find out. They ask questions. And this, this, this makes you very dangerous to religion because you know there is something, but you can't locate it. And so you may go to the leader of the church, a leader of your group, whatever, and begin to ask questions, and they discourage the questions because most likely they are, circle four, unconsciously incompetent. Paul dealt with it. I love the way Paul dealt with people that were consciously incompetent. In Acts chapter 17, Acts chapter 17, look what, how Paul deals with these people that were consciously incompetent, knew something. 
They just couldn't put their finger on it. Acts chapter 17, verse 22, Paul is talking to people that were worshiping idols. And he says this, Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus, and he said, men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you're very religious. See, they had a respect for the divine. They had, uh, um, they, knew, they knew something, they knew God in some way. I perceive that you're very religious, for as I was passing through considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with the inscription to the unknown God. See, they had a perception that there was something they were missing. Therefore, now listen to what Paul says, therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing him, he's the one I proclaim to you. And that's our mission today. The, the God that people worship, but they don't know him, that's the God we're bringing to them. But they're, but they're consciously incompetent of it. All right, down to verse 28. Paul says to these people, he's now exposing this God that they're worshiping, but that they don't, don't know about. He said, for it's in him we live and move and have our being. As also some of your poets have said, for we are all also his offspring. So Paul begins to unveil. He begins to reveal. It, you know, it, and in a search sometimes, when we become consciously incompetent, we start to search. You know, we start to read all manner of things and things. We may make some mistakes. And, and, and we may follow some rabbit trails, right? And, and we may construct some false images of what God is in our mind. But he's faithful to put us back on course. When, you, when, you're, when you're consciously incompetent, you're searching, you're asking questions, you're, you're exploring resources. And there are many people today, this morning, as I'm teaching you here at the Digital Cathedral, there are thousands, if not millions of people sitting in a church that are frustrated. I was frustrated. Many of you were frustrated. We know there's more. There's a stirring within us. We don't know where to look for it. And because we have been programmed in such a way, every week with confirmational biasness, hearing the same thing time after time after time, we're afraid to come out of that established security. And when we do try to come out and somebody tries to squelch us, we just pull back in because we're not sure yet. So one of the major tasks that you and I have today is to simply let, by the lifestyle we live, by the words that we speak, let people know what we have discovered and let people know it's part of their journey also. So if they're out here, if they're unconsciously incompetent, they just don't know. Or the people that really are, are beginning, you're probably going to work with a lot, are people that are consciously incompetent. They're searching, they're wondering, asking questions. And so what we need to do is to show them in a non-threatening, non-judgmental way that they're and begin to show as Paul did in Acts 17 what is there missing here's here's the God you're worshiping but you don't know him that's called the ministry of reconciliation by the way and that's what you wonder what your ministry is <clears throat> your ministry is a ministry of reconciliation now whether you're an apostle prophet evangelist pastor teacher flip hamburgers at McDonald's sell cars uh uh, school teacher, lawyer, doctor, whatever you are. I, that, that is not your ministry. Your ministry is one of reconciliation. And we need to understand it.
So you're working with people here that are, are consciously incompetent. It's kind of like the people are kind of like in this situation. There's an old country song that says, looking for love in all the wrong places. I can hear, I can hear Waylon singing that song. He said, the, the verse goes like this. I spent a, a lifetime searching for you. Single bars, good time lovers, never true. Playing a fool's game, hoping to win. Telling those sweet lies and losing again. See, we went through all of our life telling those sweet lies of religion. We're searching for it. Been spent a lifetime looking for it, all different places. But we never could find it. But finally, we're becoming consciously incompetent, and it's starting to stir within us. And we can be like those that Paul spoke to in Acts chapter 17. We're worshiping a God that we know nothing about, but we're worshiping him anyway. And so, you know, we're searching and we're looking. And the best phrase I can say for this third circle in is that we're consciously incompetent of living the Christ's us life. What it, what it takes, what's involved, the direction we need to go. But as we come into that third circle, as we're consciously incompetent, we're moving closer to the target. That's, that's what I'm driving at this morning. All right, let's move, in, let's move into the next circle. This will be the third circle in. This is when you become consciously competent. Unconsciously incompetent, consciously incompetent. Now you're becoming consciously competent. We begin to see now that the Holy Spirit is developing us. Our eyes are opening. We're seeing, I like the scripture, we're seeing men as more than trees. Our spiritual sight is sharpening, our perception, our discernment. It's, it's starting to come alive. Paul said in, in, in Romans chapter 8, this, this is kind of what it looks like here. Romans chapter 8 and, uh, and verse 14. <clears throat> Romans chapter 8 and verse 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. So when, when you become consciously competent, you're, start, you're starting to understand, okay, the Spirit is leading me. I'm beginning to sense some things. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to take you back to being unconsciously incompetent to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption whereby you can cry, Abba, Father, you're starting to get free. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we're the children of God. In the word children, there's a word technon. That's like a teenager. It's a son that is in development, not fully mature yet. You're consciously competent. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, join heirs with Christ. Indeed, we suffer with them. Also, be glorified together. So you're starting to see it, man. This is, this is an exciting place to be because you're fully conscious that you're on a journey of a lifetime. And I still feel that exhilaration many times that this journey never gets dull, never gets boring. I haven't learned everything there is to learn like I did back in my church days, my religious days. I learned the theology, got it down, knew the answers, knew the scriptures, and it got to be boring, frankly. This life is not designed to be boring. The abundant life that Jesus has for us is never to be boring, y'all. It's to be a life of continual discovery. So in some ways, we're all consciously competent. We're still discovering. But in this, in this circle 
for my teaching this morning. This is where you're, you're learning about the fundamentals of living the Christ is us life, the foundation. You're learning about grace, universal fatherhood of God, inclusion, uh, unconditional love. You're learning that your uh, authentic identity is divinity. And all these things are beginning to come in. And all of a sudden, your understanding light begins to light up. And you know what happens then? See if this isn't true. Those of you that have been in this a while, all of a sudden teachers show up. You find it. You find a video on YouTube that really, you really speaks to. You. Books begin to appear. The Writers' Society, Robin Smith, and all the authors. All of a sudden, now you begin to get a hold of some things, and you're, you start to be surrounded by other people. You find out that you're not by yourself. That you're not crazy. That you're not believing nutty things. Conscious involvement. The awareness is developing. It's in this phrase, this phase, it's like driving a car with a learner's permit. Remember back when you were 16, got your driver's license? I remember it well. I, I learned to drive on a stick shift. My dad made me learn on a stick shift. He said, anybody can drive an automatic. But when I, when I would drive the car, I was 16 years old, just got my license. I had to, to think about every move. I get into the car. I had to think to adjust the mirror. I had to think to start the car. I had to think to put it in first gear. I had to, to, to mentally be focused to let the clutch out just right so that the car didn't jerk. Right? So when, when, you're, when you're consciously competent, it's, um, it's like playing a sport where you've learned the fundamentals and you, you are consciously aware of what you're doing. This is, this is where you're at in this phase. You have to think it through. You know, if you're a golfer, you, you practice your golf swing. You go to the driving range. You take lessons. You know you're on the right path. It's exciting, but it's not really you yet. It's not really you because you're, you're thinking every step through. You're thinking, I, I need to stop. I need to pray right now. I need to read my Bible. Uh, uh, I need, to, I need to, to, to demonstrate love. I need to demonstrate grace. All right? It's, it's not yet you, but you're getting there. All right, fourth circle in is when you become unconsciously competent. Unconsciously competent. This is, this is when you do what you know, but you don't even have to be aware of it. You don't have to be aware. Of it. It's just you. Um, living the crisis of this life is just instinctive now. There's, it's, it's a natural thing. See, back, the guy that knew nothing about a car, never heard of it, never seen one, was unconsciously incompetent. Then a guy might have heard about a car, but didn't know how to drive it, didn't know how to do anything. He was consciously incompetent. All right? then, a, then a person got a learner's permit driving a car. They had to think about every move to make. They were consciously competent. But now all of a sudden, you're unconsciously competent. And not only can you drive the car, you can listen to the radio. And you can think about what you're going to order for lunch when you get to the Wendy's drive-in, drive-through window. It's just, it's just you. You, you have driven a car so long now. You just jump in it, you automatically start it, you adjust the mirror, put it in gear, put it in drive, whatever. Uh, you know when you back up to look in the rearview mirror, check everything. It's just part of your being now. You, and th this, this is. You're not, you haven't learned just the fundamentals of the game. Any, any of you 
guys or gals ever played sports on any level, you know, the real thrill of the game is when you can just get in the flow of the game. When, when you don't have to think about, I have to dribble, I need to pass, uh, or, you know, if you play baseball, I need to, to, all the fundamentals. You practice them so much that it's just now you. And Paul called it, it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ that lives in me. He's flowing. He's manifesting. You're working together as one. There is a union there that you are living out unconsciously. You are unconsciously competent. And this is what Jesus, I think, was getting at over in John chapter 17 when he was praying the prayer. I think he was, was praying that we come to that place where we are, where we are unconsciously competent. Listen, let me just read a couple of verses. John 17, verse 14. He said, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I'm not of the world. So we've come out of that whole progression of being unconsciously incompetent, and now we're over here being unconsciously competent. And so we've, we know we're out of the world. We're not part of the world anymore. Stuff doesn't pull on us. Uh, Verse 50, I don't pray that you take them out of the world, but you just keep them from the evil one. Uh, all right, verse 18, as you sent me in the world, I've sent them into the world. And uh, verse 20, 22, let me read verse 22, 23, 24. And he says, and the glory which you have given me, I've given them that they may be one just as we are one. For us to be one with each other and to be one with him, has to, has to come as we're in unconsciously competent. It's just the way we live. You don't have to stop and look at a brother and say, mm, don't know if I want to love him or not. Because now we don't know anybody after the flesh. We're seeing them through the, the eyes of God. We're seeing through an entirely different lens. Verse 23, in them and you and me, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them just as you've loved me. Now, when you were unconsciously incompetent, you, you did not think that God loved you like Jesus. You thought G Jesus, he had a special love for Jesus more than me. Then maybe something began to stir when you were uh, consciously incompetent. You go, man, I'm seeing this love thing. And can, can, did God really so love the world? Is, it, is that really possible? Then you became consciously competent and, and, you begin to understand it. You begin to sense it. It began to develop. But now that you're unconsciously competent, man, that love that the Father has for you, it's just a part of your being that you, you, you do not escape it. You, you cannot get away from it. Let me read this 24th verse. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which you have given me, for you have loved me before the foundation of the world. Well, if, if the Father loves us like he loved Jesus, and he loved Jesus from before the foundation of the world, now that you're unconsciously competent, you should be able to really grasp onto the fact that he loved you before the foundation of the world. What Paul said in Ephesians uh, chapter 1, verse 4, that he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. You have to be unconsciously competent to really grasp that and absolutely believe it. 
So when you're when you're unconsciously competent, when you're into this this circle, you don't have to think about, mm, man, I better stop and pray, or I better read my Bible, I better meditate. It just it just is part of you now. You have this running conversation with God all day long. That's your prayer life. And all of a sudden you're you're reading the Bible and, and you just hit a verse and you just stop right there and you think about it and meditate about it. It becomes it becomes fused with you and that word becomes your flesh. Or maybe you're meditating and the Father speaks a word directly to you. That word that he speaks to you now is, is part of your being. You don't have to weigh it out. You don't have to debate it. You don't have to think about it. It just now becomes part of who you are. And you can begin to, to live the life and say, if you've seen the Father, you've seen me. Isn't that powerful? Isn't, are you at that place where you can just say, look, to people you work with, and you don't have to verbalize it, but you're knowing internally that as they're dealing with you, as they're working by your side all day long, flipping hamburgers, whatever you do, that they're actually encountering the Father for themselves. And you're part of the plan to bring them out of being unconsciously incompetent to where they are consciously competent. Amen? All right, so what's the target in this? We've come through four circles. Here's the target. The target is that we live a transcendent life, that we live a life from above, that you and I learn how to tap, and we spent a lot of time on this in the digital cathedral, that we learn how to live out of the invisible supply to meet the visible needs. We now live in a place where we don't see uh, our job is our supply. It, it, it's, one of the, it's one of the ways the Father gives it to us, but the Father is our supply. The Father is our source. And He can pipe it to you any way He wants you to have it. So you understand you're being supplied by an unending supply of spiritual resources. So when you stop at the light and, and, and the Father says, give that guy 10 bucks that holds the sign up. You give them 10 bucks. You don't worry about how to replace the $10. You know that you're piped in. You don't have a checking account. You have a key to the vault, unending supply. You're taking no thought for tomorrow. You've, you've moved beyond that. You're living in the moment. That's the abundant life, the, the life, life of living in the moment. You're not fearful about tomorrow. You're not fearful of shortage. <clears throat> I love the way uh, the Passion Translation puts it in Colossians 3. This is so rich. I could spend, I could spend, I don't know, a couple months on these first four verses. I'm reading it out of the Passion Translation. I've really come to love this Passion Translation. Um, the Mere, Francois de Toy's Mere, and uh, Brian Simmons' Passion are just phenomenal. Let me read this. I want you just to catch this because this explains the target so well. This is, if you've come through the four circles and you're living a life, of being consciously competent. It's just the way you are. It's just part of your lifestyle. Then these verses are gonna really ring your bell this morning. Listen to the way he puts it. Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. No separation, no division. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above. For that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, all honor and all authority. Yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm. That's the target, y'all, that we feast from things that are above. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places. 
That's why I took you up 10,000 feet this morning. I wanted you to see those four, four circles through the lens of the way the Father sees it. So you feast on the treasures of the heavenly realm. Fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. The target is that we get to a place where we're not walking in a natural realm today, but we're, we're, we have merged heaven and earth together. That's how Jesus lived. Jesus lived in two dimensions at one time. His feet walked around on the earth, but that's not where he was, that's not where he was tied. He was tied to union with the Father so that he only did what he saw the Father do, only said what he heard the Father say. That's the target. That's, that's where we're going. And, and many of you, I mean, we're, we're right there, man. We're, we're experiencing that. Your crucifixion with Christ. Well, in, in verse 1, he says, your, your resurrection, his resurrection is your resurrection. <clears throat> and now he says in verse 3 that your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tide of this life. Did you ever think about that? When Paul said in Galatians 2.20 that you were crucified with Christ, did you ever think that severed you? That severed you with any tie to this life. You're walking as a new creation. You're, you're not just a made-over old sinner saved by grace. You are a species of being that never existed on the planet. We have underestimated what we are. We have under, messed, uh, underestimated our power, our authority, what's available to us. You severed the tide of this life, and now your true life, your true life is hidden away in God, in Christ. And I like that in Christ part, and never forget that. Everything we are is because we are in Christ. I'm, I'm big on Christ in us. I'm big on you in Christ. I'm not big on you being called Christ. And there's a whole segment of people that are, are roaming around in that. Paul never called himself Christ. Peter, James, and John never. There is an anointing. I understand what the word means. There's one Jesus Christ, and I am in him, and he is in me, and I am what I am because I am placed in him. So this, this life, this effortless flow, comes from the vine, Jesus, to you, the branch. And it's just a flow you don't have to think about. You don't have to be consciously aware of it. No, no longer are you that third circle, right, where, where you're consciously competent. You've not moved into that fourth circle where you're unconsciously competent. It is just now simply your lifestyle. A transcendent life is just, I hope you catch this. A transcendent life is just a mirrored life. You know what a mirror does? A mirror receives an image and reflects it back. That's all a mirror does. You look at a mirror, it just receives an image of you and reflects back what it's given. All we do is receive and reflect back the image of the Father that he gives us as the Spirit reveals more and more about the Father. And this is a place I don't think there's any depth that we can plummet be, that, that, that it's going to end. But as the Spirit of truth reveals more about the Father, the life that we're to live, the love of the Father, the inclusion of the Father, the universal fatherhood of the Father. And he, and he shows that to us. 
we're going to reflect that back. It, it, it works in us, and we reflect from within what he has disclosed and revealed to us. His love, his goodness, his grace, his mercy, they're all reflected back into the world. Do you see, how he, do you see his plan for the kingdom? That's kingdom living. It's, it's the crisis us life, but it's, be, it's beginning to manifest the kingdom. In fact, it's living that Romans, what is it, Romans 8, 19, that life that all of creation, one version says, that is standing on tiptoe expectation, looking for the manifestation of the sons of God. Wow, what a journey, what a life. So the bird's eye view this morning, that high level view of living the Christ is us life, moves us from being unconsciously incompetent, no clue, no idea, no revelation, and takes us to being unconsciously competent to where it's just now the natural flow of our life. His love, his grace, his mercy just flows from us because we are mirroring what has been revealed to us. So the target, the target, the four circles, they move us in and the, the bullseye is the transcendent life, a life that is lived from above, a life where we live from the unseen, where we've tapped into that dimension and we change what is seen by the real world. And, and, and Paul, Paul said it so well in the, out of the Passion Translation, crucifixion severed our ties to this life so that we can tap the real source of everything that is available in the unseen. I'll tell you what, I love this transcendent life. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a 100% proficient in it by a long shot, but I'm learning, I'm developing, and I can see that I've passed through some of those circles, and you have too. And now we've got our eyes fixed on the prize. Amen? All right, I think that's good for this morning. Go back and see if you can get a handle on those four terms. I know I introduced them. I probably you got them all confused. You couldn't repeat them back. That's okay. I just want you to go back, get the concept of being unconsciously incompetent all the way to being unconsciously uh, competent and hit, hit the target, transcendent life. Amen? Love you guys. Thank you for being with me. Listen to this again. Please listen again and get all there is within the teaching. See you next week, same time. Have a wonderful week. God bless. Thanks for lending us your ears. Just a quick reminder. Our digital cathedral on YouTube gives subscribers the privilege of a front row seat every week. It's a place where our collective excitement amplifies. If you're ready to give, go to donkeithley.com and click on Donate. Your continuous support propels our growth, and for that, we're immensely grateful. Don't forget to hit that follow button and spread the love by sharing this life-giving message with your friends. Have a week filled with blessings and divine encounters. Until next time, stay in grace.